Welcome back to Carving the Stone Podcast, where our positive news articles come to life. I'm your host, Naisha Stone, and I'm also the founder of Carving the Stone, your weekly source of positive news. Every Tuesday, I bring somebody on from around the world to talk about the positive things in their life, and we're going to continue doing just that. We have a financial advisor who's located in Atlanta, who's working for Northwestern Mutual. We have Rush M. Hotep, who's uh, who's talking about, <laughs> who's going to be talking about financial literacy and specifically how the Black community can re- uh, can reach financial freedom. So, hello, wow. Rush. How you doing? Maisha, what is going on, Miss? Thank you for having me. No, thank you. He's actually the first guest where I had to redo the intro. Um, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> new things every every episode. So I appreciate you uh, for your patience and you know for making time. So I read a little bit about your about your background. So before we talk about mm-hmm. the financial advisor, you used to be a football captain. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about um your experience in sports and if that at all has to do anything with what you do now. Yeah. So funny thing, Aisha, I actually lived in Wisconsin. For like, I don't know how many months. The last team I was on, we were playing. I was playing in Green Bay, Wisconsin, for an indoor football team called the Green Bay Blizzard. So I had a few buddies from the uh, Milwaukee area because I know that's not not too far away. But um, to answer your question, it it definitely uh, it's definitely had an impact on my career and what what we what I do on a day to day basis. Like I'm, I'm sure, um. You know, as as many have said before me, you know, the intangibles that come with playing a team sport like football are very transferable to, you know, a, a professional environment. And that's the case. And then I think even past that, you know, a lot of my experiences in trying to pursue a professional career, you know, helped inform a lot of the um, skill sets and traits that I have now. Right. As far as, uh, you know, being able to be persist, persistent, resilient, um, you know, understanding how to manage adversity, um, things like that. So it's it's helped me. It's 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 helped me a ton. Uh, my football career, at least professionally, maybe not physically. My body is still a little um, beat up from it. Oh, I, I hear about that a lot. The football players, that's why they tell us, keep telling our black kids, you know, maybe we should try something else because it does cause a lot of trauma to the body. <laughs> I literally top of this year, Naisha, I just got a stem cell shot done on my knee. Um, yeah. Just what is that? Cartilage. So it's, they basically take, they take blood out your body. They put it in a centrifuge. They concentrate white blood cells and then they throw it right back into you. Um, but the philosophy, and it's pretty, it's a pretty experimental, uh, surgery, I guess you want to call it that. Uh, but the philosophy is that like your body can heal itself. And by putting in those white, those, those, the concentrated version of those white blood cells, those stem cells, it helps accelerate that healing process. So like right now I'm doing everything I can to fight old age, even if it's experimental surgeries that your insurance doesn't even cover and you have to come out of pocket for it. So it is what it is. Oh, I definitely want to have a conversation about that outside of the podcast because that's very interesting. (laughs) If you go down to Columbia, you can. We'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> if, if we if we need to bring yeah. him back on to talk about that specifically, we will. We will. Um, but like I said earlier, he's from Northwestern Mutual, and so he's a financial advisor. And the reason I brought you on is for one, I love Northwestern Mutual. Shout out to y'all. And then two, mm-hmm. um, financial literacy has been a big topic. Shout out to Earn Your Leisure um, with their podcast and other people for the last few years. Um, why is it important for you to specifically be in your role and to help people like me or even to make conversations with people like me when it comes to financial literacy? Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
to your point, just really important and is now really misunderstood, uh, right? So, and really, that's really it. I, I mean, I wish I had more depth to it, but people don't know about it, but literally everything that you have to, literally everything in life in some way has finances tied to it, right? Like this call, your podcast, you know, where you live, how you feed yourself, how you provide for your family, how you pursue dreams and aspirations. A lot of these things have finances intertwined. And um, they're, they're, that's where there's the biggest dearth of knowledge, um, broadly speaking, uh, I think both in our country and across the world. And um, you know, it's, it's an important concept that uh, people need to be spending some time having dialogue around. Yeah, um, well, let's dive into that dialogue. So when you're even trying to start a conversation about finances, you know, it, like you just said, it involves everything from the food we eat to the clothes we wear, right? Yeah. So how do you just um, randomly, or not even randomly, but how do you begin to constantly have those conversations with people who don't necessarily always talk about finances? Or, you know, specifically when we're younger, we that's grown people business. Now that we older, it's like, okay, yeah. what are taxes? What is this? So um, what are yeah. like some quick things or just things that, anybody should know when they're starting off uh, focusing on their finances? Gosh, yeah, I think that the answer, an answer to that question is twofold. One, I think the first thing people need to do is just connect the financial reality with whatever their goals and dreams and hopes and aspirations are, right? Because a lot of, a lot of the times those can get disconnected. And then secondly, I think it, it really just boils down to understanding that fundamentally that you can really only do three things with money. You can save it, you can invest it, or you can spend it, right? And if you're not doing the saving or investing part, you're probably doing a lot of spending. So I think when people understand that, that if I'm not actively doing things with my money, then there's probably a good chance that there's slippage as far as what's happening after I get my paycheck. Um, I've seen people really resonate with that concept. No, I actually that that just made me think about it. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I am That's doing kind of this one, but I ain't really doing that one. So that means <laughs> I'm doing more of that one. Exactly. <laughs> you can only do three things. Once you get your check, you can save it or you can spend it. What are you gonna do? So yeah, um the fi- I feel like the word or, or the term or the title financial advisor um is is used a lot. Um, so like mm-hmm. at the basics, what, what does, what do you do within your role? And then, yeah. um, why even, why join Northwestern Mutual? Uh, uh great questions. So, I mean, in, in my role specifically, Naisha, you know, we help our clients achieve some level of financial security, um, by one, creating financial plans for them. And then two, uh, vis-a-vis the implementation of various investment and insurance products and strategies and things like that. Now, um, as far as why Northwestern Mutual, I would say that Northwestern Mutual more or less chose me. Um, just continued backstory, how I got here. You know, I initially interned with Northwestern in 2015. And um, the the person that recruited me into the internship was, uh, he was the managing part, well, he was a big donor in Cornell's football team where I played college football at. And then he was the managing partner of our New York office. So he brought me in. He allowed me to intern for the summer. I had, I had a great experience. I just wasn't really completely sold on being an advisor yet. And I still had other aspirations, like athletic ones. Um, but that's kind of how I landed here. And and why I still and why I still continue to be here is that, you know, Northwestern's a fantastic company, right? Um, especially the office that I'm at in Atlanta. 
you know, they do a ton to support their advisors. They do a ton to support the community. Um, and yeah, just, I, I don't have enough great things to say about them. No, I just visited their, uh, their offices in Milwaukee and I took mm -hmm. pictures there a few years ago, like at like the bottom floor, but I never like paid attention to like the rest of the building. And then I got a tour and I'm like, this is a wow. whole new, this is a city <laughs> <laughs> inside of a building. <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen a city um in this way, but I'm glad that they basically like, you know, you started that relationship and they like made you feel seen. Um, I feel like yeah. a lot of times uh, companies miss out on talent um, because they're, yeah. uh, they, they overlook a lot of people. Um, I've been getting a lot of no's from jobs uh, lately, but somehow I still end up in the same room as them. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, you just keep pushing and you keep going and you'll, you'll definitely be seen. So um, congratulations yeah. to you for uh, being seen and getting that position. So I want to dive into Northwestern Mutual's uh, culture because you talked about a little mm -hmm. bit how they really do support their team. Um, but what does it feel like to work for a company that really does <laughs> support you, whether it's emotionally, physically, financially, because they say in mm -hmm. Milwaukee, they have a gym, you know, they, uh, they provide food. Um, like, what does that do for you? And how does that affect your work um, with, um, on a day-to-day -day basis? That's a great question. I think all of those forms of support that you mentioned are nice um, and, and they're good to have, right? It's, it's cool to have, you know, a nice gym to go to. It's, it's nice to have certain office amenities, uh, but the most important thing is, but it's being able to learn to the person, being able to learn from the person next to you. And um, <clears throat> Northwestern has created this culture really nationwide where advisors are really engaged with each other and leveraging each other's skill sets and really taking information and we're trading information with each other to help accelerate and advance, you know, their careers and their practices. And I think you know, that's one thing that makes Northwestern distinctly different than if I worked at like a, a JP Morgan, for example. You know, I'm not talking to guys on their trading desk in California for the most part, right? And I'm 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 in I'm siloed in my New York office and, and and the people that I'm with there. But when I think about the broad network of advisors that I speak with on a on a weekly basis, you know, I've contacts in the Florida, Texas. Milwaukee, California, et cetera, that, you know, they're a text message away. And, you know, usually those relationships are really productive. Um, earlier, you mentioned um, helping uh, people, your clients, uh, the people that you work mm -hmm. with, you know, start business plans. Uh, when we have my own business, that was like a huge thing. It's like, you have to have a business plan. You know, we still like working yeah. on ours, you know, it's ever, you know, it's ever changing. But what goes mm -hmm. into a like a good business plan, like um, specifically for startups, because I know a lot of, or even entrepreneurs, because uh, with the pandemic, I feel like a lot of businesses open up and specifically black businesses. So what 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 makes a good business plan? I think having a concrete way of making money. Um, <laughs> and I know it's pretty simple, but of making or raising money, because some businesses, you know, they're they're more so built on you know, money they can get from uh, grants and investments. But I think that's the biggest the biggest thing that I see people overlook is they you know they want to start the business, they want to get the LLC, they have a great idea, but they don't really have a marketing or a sales strategy as far as okay, how am I going to acquire and convert customers? And I think that's that's the biggest that's i mean that's the lifeblood of a business right is you being able to have people that come and use your product or service so i would say that's where the majority of time needs to be spent and really everything else as it relates to a business plan can be largely outsourced to other people that can help you with that 
Yeah, I, I do agree. Having a business model makes a business. Uh, for the first two years, Carbon and Stone, mm -hmm. we were, I didn't see us as a business. I was just like, you know, interviewing people. And then I joined yeah. the accelerator program and they're like, well, unless you make money, you're, you have a hobby. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, oh no, y'all didn't. And I'm like, wait, what? The, what yeah. I never even heard of the term business model. And I think that's where some of the confusion comes when it comes to financial literacy, because yeah. business model funding is the exact same thing. It's just, how do you get the funding to mm. your business? That's your business model, but we don't know the terminology. Mm. So now we're missing out. Mm. We can't connect those two. And I think that's a big thing. Like, how do we begin to learn that terminology? Like, um, I think that once we can like put a word to it, you can fully understand it, but it took me into yeah. going to an accelerator program to even learn literally mm. business model. So how do we, mm. you know, start those conversations with our youth or, you know, educate them in that way? I mean, I think you hit it on the head. It's just about going out and seeking the information because I don't think it's not like the information is locked locked away, right? A, a lot of this is Googleable, if that's a word. It is. Like you can say, "Hey, what is it?" Or you can use Chat GPT now, right? And just say, "Hey, Jack, tell me what a business plan is." Um, so I think that's the biggest thing of just having a desire to seek the information out. And then as you seek the information, you probably want to connect with somebody that has some experience. To help you vet out, you know what's real and kind of what's BS. I, I um shout out to the chat, um the AI and stuff like that. Um, yeah. A friend of mine introduced me to it. It has changed my life. That that's dope. If y'all like, you can ask it any question. Be like, what is this? Or can you write something like this? And it will produce stuff. So like, yeah, we insane. need to get on. We learn how to use the technology so it don't use you. So that's what I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay up on it. <laughs> hey, man, you're right. No, you are right. Um, going back a, a, just a few years to the beginning of the pandemic and just overall when we were in the shutdown, um, mm -hmm. were you at Northwestern Mutual during that time? Yeah, I was. Okay. So during that time, how how did that affect how you um, interacted with your clients, specifically like how y'all went about doing a business plan? Because I know a lot of people had to pivot or scale down. Mm -hmm. So what what were those conversations you were having like during during that time? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody really got affected by the pandemic, um, you know, with Northwestern specifically. And I know a lot of what we did prior to COVID was a lot more in-person meetings, right? Uh, a lot more time spent on the road going to see clients. And you now I've seen post-pandemic, a lot of that transition to more conversations like this, where you can do things virtually or over the phone and things like that. And I think, you know, that's probably this probably the same for a lot of businesses. Um, but aside from that, you know, I don't know how much has changed from a business perspective, um, you know, in regards to what we do or, you know, the things that our clients are concerned about. You know, there's always a new crisis somewhere or something going on that, you know, you need to be ready for. And, you know, we're always trying to help our clients do the best to prepare and position themselves. Um, how do you best position yourself for the uncertainty? Because, you know, people are like, we should have prepared for the pandemic. But, you know, how do you prepare for something you didn't know was coming financially? Yeah, well, you can't really prepare for a pandemic. Um, it's tough, <laughs> like once in a century type of things. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know when you think about like some of the pillars of financial planning, you know, philosophically, a lot of what we focus on in Northwestern is risk management, right? And a big part of risk management is just having adequate savings so that if something like a pandemic was going to happen, you know, you have money to kind of weather the storm. So I think that's just a you know, as you think about um, uncertainties in life, you know, usually there's a, a financial way to mitigate some of that risk. And 
thinking critically about how you can get to that endpoint is just a, it's an area where you should definitely spend some time in addition to all the other things you have to think about. So businesses, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth it. Totally. You don't even have to be just a business, but you know, just individuals like your yeah. water heater might break or your whatever. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Need money in the bank, right? Yes, so. you trying to buy a new house. No, I definitely. Um, so with you being in Atlanta, um, it's it's like the hotbed of you know black businesses and and black entrepreneurship. Wow. Um, what are some things Northwestern 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 <laughs> is doing when it comes to um supporting you know the growth of you know black entrepreneurs? Yeah, so I know we have a uh, I think we have an accelerator program where we've invested in a few black owned businesses. Uh, um, you know, we put venture capital there. I think I believe we also do um, some things locally in the community. Um, like I know on every MLK day, we'll go out to a school and you know we'll help support them as well. So there, there's a whole plethora of things we do, and then obviously by our empowering advisors to go back into their communities and, and help them. I think that's probably the biggest accelerant is by just you know if we're talking about how do we make people more financially literate. It's by literally making people financially literate and then tasking them with the duty of going and making others literate as well. Um, so I think those are some of the big areas. But, you know, we always have something going on. This is true. They always do have something going on. Their name is yeah, everywhere. Um, <laughs> especially in Milwaukee. Especially, no, especially in Milwaukee. So if you ever come here, y'all going to be like, Northwestern Mutual, Northwestern Mutual. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, you talked about, you know, a lot of things are Googleable, right? Um, right. when it comes to getting more information on finances, are there any books? Are there any authors? Are there any podcasts or anything like any networks do you think that uh people could you know tap into? Yeah, I mean, none that I'd probably recommend specifically, but if I had to give one a, a shout out to one, it's probably uh the Naisha Stone uh Carved in Stone podcast for sure. Um, but aside from that, you know, I there's 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 tons of financial information out there. I know you you mentioned Earn Your Leisure earlier. Um, I, I've I've been spending a ton of time there, but I know that I know that they're doing great things, uh, you know, for the community as far as you know helping people become more financially literate. You know, I, I know there are there are great authors out there like uh, I know Robert Kiyosaki. He's written a few books on finance um, that you know I, I can't personally endorse, but I, it's it's probably worth taking a look to see if it's something in there that would be helpful but um the information's out there as you know as we've talked about and it's just really about just going out and getting it go get the information y'all that's what i was taught in the accelerator program if you want it you got to go get it um and speaking of going getting it uh just a few more questions one being to to those like uh, a young person Maybe they're in inner city Milwaukee or whatever, but they're they're interested in enter, entering the finance industry, whether that's being a financial right. advisor or working for corporate. Like, how does one begin to start a career in that, um, even if they don't have any connections or like, is it straight? Just go to school and that's it. Or like, what are some things that they should be doing to prepare them for what for what they want to accomplish? I mean, I think one just getting I, I think about my path to Northwestern, you know, my first step was just getting engage with my own financial situation, right? Um, and just understand what's going on there. You know, I've, I've, I've had, or we've had client, clients that have transitioned to advisors. So the first step for some people could be reaching out to a financial advisor and working with one. 
to see if that would be something that, you know, you'd want to transition into later on in life. Um, but I think past that, you know, once you have a grasp on your own situation, the opportunities available to you, um, then just understanding how to take advantage of those things, right? So, you know, whether it's, to your point, entering an accelerator program or, you know, whether it's, you know, finding um, some financial institution that's doing a ton of community outreach, et cetera. I think those are some of the areas where on-ramps that people from less privileged communities could find their way into this industry. No, I love that. What, within your role or just within like being in the finance industry, like what impact do you want to make? Like, I know you're, you're at Northwestern Mutual and you're a financial advisor, mm-hmm. but do you have like an end goal or is there like a big something you want to like accomplish? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I want to be able to, you know, obviously be able to support myself because for the majority of my life, you know, very that was very challenging. Um, <laughs> and I want to be able to support my family um, and make sure that they're, they're taken care of. And then most importantly, I want to be able to support, support my communities that have helped support me, right? So I think about, you know, some of the neighborhoods and areas I grew up in, in Detroit and, and Brooklyn, and even in some areas of Atlanta, you know, I, I want to make sure I can have an impact in those places um, where, you know, the same support that I had as a kid growing up to put me in the position that I am today. I just want to make sure I could pay that forward. I think that's so important. Thank you for, you know, saying that because I've had a lot of support. You had a lot of support. And if we don't do anything with that, then, you know, we can't, we're being gate was it gatekeepers. And that's that's exactly. not cool like at all because it took mm-hmm. us so much to get to where we are because so many people have told us no. And so when we finally mm-hmm. get in the room, we finally like right here. Okay, oh, mm-hmm. you need a financial advisor. Well, hey, I know someone. They may be able exactly. to lead you to one to someone. And so like that's how you pass that knowledge on. No, I, I really, really... <clears throat> I really, really do love that. Um, so anybody listening to this, what advice would you give to them about getting themselves out of debt? Like I know you said, um, <clears throat> like whether it's college debt, credit card debt, or but they maybe just feel like they're drowning in it. Um, like yeah. where like where do you begin uh to to how do you yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that people largely have a, a misconception or misunderstanding around is how important interest rates are when it comes to debt. Because interest rates, really, if you think about it, it's the cost of money, right? Because if you don't have to pay an interest rate on something, you're basically just getting free money. It's somebody just giving you some money. Versus if you have to pay them back with interest, now there's an associated cost there. And you know when you look at consumer debt, like credit cards you mentioned, could be a car note. Um, you look at things like student loans, mortgages, et cetera. I think that people don't often don't think critically about how that affects their current financial situation. And, um, you know, in plain English terms, if you're paying a, a really high interest rate on something, that's not going to be beneficial for you, short, medium, or long term, right? So if, if, you're, if you're focused on getting out of debt, that would probably be one of the first areas that I start attacking is, okay, the, the, the money that's costing me the most, quote unquote, how can I begin to, to manage that area of my finances? That makes sense. No, it does. Uh, I had I had a lot of credit card debt, um, like, you know, investing into the company. And so I had, mm-hmm. I had nobody told me this, but I was like, I am sending my minimum is like $20, but I'm sending 100, right? But it's not going yeah. anywhere. And so mm-hmm. something just told me, and I think I was like 19 at the time. And I'm like, 
just go look at like what you're paying for. And my dude, the interest rate, I swear to God, it was like like 30 something percent it was crazy it was crazy (laughs) and so what i ended up doing was uh i looked up a a credit card another Mm -hmm. i looked up some credit cards that had um that you could transfer the the fee for one credit card for free and then you would have no interest rate for this amount of time or it was a very very low interest rate i don't know how i thought about that or where that came across but i was able to pay a few credit cards off i got like one or two left we're working on them um but i was able to do that and so like look into i feel like sometimes like you said we just accept what we're we're giving and don't be like question like why am i paying this much yeah exactly we just don't understand it yeah, and yeah. so we have to be the ones to be like, no, why? Why didn't you do this? Why is this not happening? And then once you can understand, I believe that's when you can really fix it. And one thing I just discovered was actually how much debt I do really have. So like literally mm. how much business debt and how much personal debt. So I, I, I had a round number, but I never had an exact number. And when I looked at it, I was like, okay, so now I know what I'm aiming for. So at least literally yeah. knowing how much debt you have and then breaking it down to like, okay, I know for a fact I'm not going to touch this portion right now. But this one is oh, attainable. So is, yeah, this has to go. You're right, and I think you the 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 point that you're kind of referencing there, Naisha, is that you have good debt and bad debt, right? You have debt that costs a lot, a high interest rate. You have debt that doesn't cost a lot, a low interest rate. So I think that just being able to tease out the two and you know, have a strategy for attacking each bucket is really important. And you know what? I never even thought about good debt and and bad debt. But it makes sense because, you know, you go and you spend your Walmart card on like some chips, credit card, or, you know, you going to invest mm-hmm. in maybe a laptop for your business. Like there. Exactly. See, look, good that. Te- you're teaching me. You're teaching me. <laughs> See, that's why we there do. We that's why I bring people on the podcast. All right. There well, we how I end every interview is when people listen to this interview, what do you want them to get from it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what do I want them to get from it? Yeah, what did what did Marshawn Lynch say? You got to save your chicken, something like that. Mind your chicken. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably say the same. Well, no, actually, I think the biggest takeaway is what we started with, right? Fundamentally, understand you can only do three things with money: save, invest, or spend it. And if you're not saving or investing, you're probably spending. So, I think if you can walk around with that heuristic, that would um that'll help you out tremendously. I ain't gonna lie, I'm really, that that. I'm telling you now that has really changed my perspective on the <laughs> on, <laughs> on a lot of things. So thank you for coming on this podcast and teaching me. So if y'all are listening, this is the Carbon Stone Podcast. Please make sure to visit us every Tuesday as I bring someone else around from the world to talk about positive things in their life. And always remember, in the end, everything will be carved in stone. In the end, everything will be carved in stone.